0: Hey, Dennis! You didn't sign it yet.
1: Dennis will take care of your training. Snake takes care of everything
0: else. Hey, everyone. Ken Cole here, and I have a special surprise for you today. I'm very excited about who we have here for a discussion. It is Sensei William Christopher Ford. You may know him as Dennis in Karate Kid Part Three. And as you'll remember, Dennis works for Terry Silver, helps to train Mike Barnes, and could we see him return in the Cobra Kai series? He's also an actor and a filmmaker in projects such as 52 Masters, The Last Dojo. I consider him one of my senseis. You know, he was very, very much like a a father figure to me. And the upcoming Lucky Knight, A Junker's Tale. (laughs) And of course, he's a martial arts expert who started studying at the age of seven, received his black belt at the age of 13, and teaches martial arts at the Kaizen Dojo in Torrance, California. Sensei William Christopher Ford, it is a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank
1: you so much, Ken, and what a pleasure to be here with the tornado chaser himself.
0: yes oh you're thank you very much for mentioning that yeah some of you may know that I chased tornadoes and made a number of uh, tornado documentaries uh series and so thank thank you for mentioning that I appreciate that William
1: well I think that that's definitely unique and um maybe we can teach you a tornado kick at the, by the by the end of the week or something like this
0: <laughs> oh I would I would I would love that it might take me a little longer than a week but but I would I would put in the work that's for sure <laughs> As a young William Christopher Ford, you at one point decided to audition for Karate Kid 3. I'm just curious to know, how did you hear about this? Because I think Sean Keenan went to this same type of audition. It was like this epic audition. What, what was your experience with that? Okay. To so the best of my recollection,
1: I was in bed and my buddy Rich Cancino, who I'm still friends with, who actually became one of my instructor at my school, he calls me up and says, we got to go down to Burbank because they're doing a, an audition for the Karate Kid 3. And I'm like, Karate Kid 3? They're making a 3? he says, yeah, they're looking for the villain. And I said, okay. And I looked at the description and it's like, they're looking for some sort of like a, a Caucasian kid to kind of play a, a white version of Mike Tyson to, to be. And I'm like, well, I'm not exactly that description, <laughs> but why not? We go down, you know, I had been pursuing at the time, so I knew enough to have a picture and resume. I had an 8 by 10 photograph, and on the back was my, my credits, which wasn't very much, but, you know, you can, special skills, anything that, like, you know, maybe you did a play or something, it's on there, you know, training. We go down there, and there is a, in Burbank, and there's a line all the way around it. You know, your heart sinks, you see that, it's like, so... He draws me off. I get in line. He parks, gets back in line with me. He's there for support. There's all different types of people in line and all shapes and sizes. There's some females in line. Why not? You know, I'm like, everybody ought to be given the same chance, right? And pretty soon the director, John Alvilson, comes out. He's with his cameraman, Clifford Coleman, who actually was the first AD on the movie. And he's going down the line, going down the line with his camera. It is basically like, thank you, thank you for coming, thank you. And people could just jump it out of line. So I'm saying this, I'm saying this, I'm saying this. And then, you know, my heart sinks again. It's like, oh, uh, okay. So they slow down, they stop at me. And my buddy is doing, like, dude, you're coming over here. And I'm like, no, no. no. And dude, they're coming over here. They walk over to me, hi, what's your name? And I'm like, uh. I tell him my name. How old are you? I said I'm 22 years old, sir. I was 22 at the time. He says, "You look a little young." We are looking for somebody. You know, you're looking. You look a little old. You look, we're looking for somebody who looks like they might still be in high school or just out of high school. And I said, "Oh, okay. Do you mind if I give you my picture and resume, sir?" And he said, "Sure." And he took okay. it. And then he thanked me, and that was it. He he moved on. And that was what I thought was that. A week later, I got a call from his casting director, a lovely woman by the name of Carol Jones. She casted all of John's movies um, when she was alive, I believe. She said, I have your picture and resume. We still haven't cast the part of Mike Barnes. Would you like to come down and read for it? So I went down to Hollywood, and I, I auditioned for the part of Mike Barnes. And thankfully, I don't believe it's on film, because it was... Just an awful audition, you know? And I think I played him as a nice guy. And it was like, no, you know, he's got me intimidating, but I was really, really super green at the time. And Carol was just so nice. That was very nice. Thank you very much, Mr. Ford, you know? And it was like, oh, she thought it was great. I know I got the part. And then weeks go by, and then it's like, I guess I didn't get the part. And you're thinking about it going, yeah, maybe I didn't do such a good job. So again, well, that's that. You know, and you fall into depression. <laughs> the day before they're actually supposed to start filming, because I, I was following Variety in the trade papers, I get another call from Carol. And she says, We've cast Mike Burns, but there's been some revisions to the script, and we need to have somebody who can do martial arts, who can act a little bit and kind of be a henchman. Can you come down? Yes. Go down to the studio. I meet with Pat Johnson. He played the referee in the first and the third movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chuck Norris, Black Belt, legitimate martial arts master. He was in Enter the Dragon. You know, just that kind of stuff. Meets me. um, He says, well, you look fine to me, but it's not up to me. It's up to John. So we're going to wait for John to show up. We go into this empty studio. I see Ralph Macchio there. And it's really surreal. Comes up to me. Hi, I'm Ralph. Yes, I know. Very nice to meet you. How are you? <laughs> Sensei Fumio Demura shows up. And for those of your viewers who don't know, he was the stuff doubles for Pat Morita. Real life karate legend. I had met him years ago at his tournament. He had signed my books. He and I had sort of a friendship. He liked me because my mom is Japanese. You know, I mean, that was one of the reasons why. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And so I, I said, well, I'm hoping that they bring me on, you know, maybe I can do some stunts or henchmen or something. She's just kind of like, God just said, eventually John shows up. That Johnson introduces me again to him. He looks me over and he says, how old are you, son? 22 years old, so, sir. Ah, you look old enough. I'm you know, sign him up. He's in. And it was like, I'm in? And then the last thing that I remember hearing was Sensei Deborah saying to John, hey, John. This kid, he's okay. And John was like, good enough for Sensei, good enough for me. All right, we, we got work to do. Come on. You know, that kind of thing. And, <laughs> you know, they whisked me off into the wardrobe, and I signed contracts. And, that, and we, we began rehearsal for, it seemed like we were rehearsing for like six to eight weeks or something like that, just rehearsing fights and whatever before we actually started filming. And I had not met Sean Keenan at that point. There's an interesting story because Sean was not the first pick, as you know. Um, he was he was up there, you know, but they went with this other kid. His name was Daryl, and I don't remember his last name. It wasn't Daryl the doll, but he was kind of a blonde surfer kid. Nice kid. We we, we actually rehearsed a few times together, and one day he was gone, and I had heard that he just was not able to bring the proper intensity and the proper, he wasn't right for the role ultimately he looked good but he wasn't able to bring that and he was he didn't have very much acting experience also so but you know john thought he saw something in him but it wasn't the kid so sean sean got sean got the call and the rest of this is history and then that's when i met sean on set we got along very well and
0: we've kept in touch ever since we're still good buddies to this day and i think chronic three especially for all fans of this franchise there isn't that much information about the behind the scenes of Karate Kid 3. And so I'm curious during this rehearsal time you talked about where you rehearsed for say six weeks, what, was, what were you rehearsing and what was that process like? For me, we were rehearsing the fights and
1: the main fight between Barnes and LaRusso at the end was being choreographed. And it was Had Johnson mainly calling the shots. Robert Mark Kamen, the writer, who was there to assist. He is also a legitimate black belt. He's a Goju-Ryu stylist, which is Okinawa style, which is where the Miyagi name comes from, based on the founder of goju which is Chojun So, um, Mr. Kamen and Mr. Johnson were both putting the fight together. And I was acting as I would either be Daniel or I would be Barnes. And they would be like, okay, now, you be Barnes. And it would be like, okay. And it would be me and Robert Mark Kamen, and they would show me the moves. And then Pat Johnson would be looking over at the side door. Okay, let's try this. And then Mr. Kamen would say, what about this? And he would step out and show me the move. And then, you know, so we kind of took turns being the different roles, you know. So I had to learn the, the Mike Barnes fight and the Daniel LaRusso fight. And it did change a little bit when they actually filmed it. But I was sort of the standard for those two. Just alternating back and forth, changing, changing, changing. And it would be like, that Johnson plays Daniel, I play Barnes. That Johnson plays Barnes, I play Daniel. You know, Robert Markin comes in, he plays Barnes, I play Daniel, then we switch roles. And eventually they came up with a skeleton for the fight, which I believe they did film. And maybe the only ones who have access to that now are the producers of Pilbara Kai, but I would love to be able to see that behind the scene footage, but uh, I, I have never seen it. But that's um, that's what I remember. That was the most memorable part to me, being able to help with the fights. And I give my mouth shut. I never like suggested anything because you, know, you have to know your lane, especially being the, 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 the new kid. You know, nobody wants to work with somebody who's like going, you know, well, uh, I think we should do this. And, you know, what about this? You just keep your mouth shut and you say, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Okay. Okay, spinning back. All right, got it. You know, what what do I need to do? You know, so that's what kept me on set. I, you know, I didn't want to get fired. This was a good gig and this is the first time. So, uh, I was, you know, it's like whatever you guys want, you know, and, uh, I didn't want to mess it up.
0: (laughs) Was it during this time that you met Sean Kanan and Jonathan Albertson who played Snake? Was dur- was that during the rehearsal time?
1: Yes. Um Jonathan and Sean actually got on really well. They they, they seemed like they really really had this interesting personal chemistry together. They, just, they had the same sense of humor. they were both kind of it was the, They were both kind of rascals, you know. And Jonathan was um he was kind of a bad boy. You know, he was nice, always nice to me, but he, I think I had heard that he had been written into the movie to keep him busy so that people can keep an eye on him. So originally... Interesting. Originally, he was supposed to be Mike Barnes, or he was being considered to be Mike Barnes. There's there's that audition footage that you've seen where he's auditioning for that role. Does a pretty good job, but at the end of the day, I think it was just wasn't quite what they were looking for, right? So, as a result, Snake and Dennis, those two characters were kind of created to be Mike's backup. You know what I mean? That they, right. they he, like, he needed a gang. And so we were the gang. We were, like, the new Cobra Kai. And, right. but Jonathan was, he was a bit of a hellraiser, you know? Um. And years later, I think Sean told me that he was in New York and he actually got together with him. And Jonathan said, hey, do you want to go out and... uh There's some tagging with me. And Sean's like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, graffiti. And Sean's like, what? He says, yeah, I'm a tagger. And, you know, I'm an artist. Sean Sean was, he didn't want any part of that. He said, no, I I don't want any part of that. And that, I believe, according to Sean, was the last time that he had seen Jonathan Adelson. Last time I saw Jonathan, Jonathan Alveson was, I don't know, at the Karate Kid. You know the the cast and Chris Greening, maybe. Um, and again, I got along well with him, but I
0: never really got close to. Right, and for everyone who didn't know, like uh, Jonathan Alveson, the, the actor who plays Snake, he's actually the son of the director. That's right. correct. So, did, so when you say he was a troublemaker, was he? Was he? uh kind of having fun with his dad being director was he pulling any pranks or anything like that on set
1: he wasn't um uh, he wasn't so much a troublemaker on set because I think he knew better that you know he's he'd be messing with you know millions and millions of dollars and just you know but before he signed on to the production I'd heard you know he was a rascal and part of the reason why he was working on I think it was because John wanted to keep an eye on thought, maybe, okay, let's put him in the movie and we'll keep him out of trouble. But, you know, you can see it, you know, you look at at Snake's character and and the essence of him, there's a lot of truth in, you know, the gleam that he has in his eye, you know, he's not necessarily acting, it's not a stretch for Jonathan, you know. Um, I'm not saying he's going to, like, you know, um, throw somebody over, you know, like, uh, threaten somebody's life or something like that, Uh, you know, like he did with, uh, you know, Daniel and Jessica, but Hellraiser, you know, Rascal. I never, I saw glimpses of it, but, you know, he never misbehaved to the point where it, it was like
0: you got trouble, but, you know, you could just tell. That is so interesting because, I, you know, I think everyone who's seen the movie will agree, like, Snake definitely is trouble, and uh, there's there's a lot of authenticity there.
1: He's disappearance the from MIA. I haven't seen him in years. Nobody knows where... He, Jonathan? I hear he's in L.A. somewhere. You know, and... Oh, Wow we've just been able to contact him. You know, I would love to see him again. And the fans would love to see him back. I should come across him. I was like, wait, wait here. I'm calling up my buddy Ken and we're gonna get you on the phone <laughs> and we're gonna do an interview like right now. We're, okay, well, let's live stream this because we got Jonathan Albison on the phone right now. <laughs>
0: that would that would be absolutely amazing. I would I would totally love that. Dude, you would break the internet. Well, hopefully he'll 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 appear. He'll uh, he'll return, and uh, I w- would love that opportunity to uh, to speak with him, and and his fans can connect with him hopefully again. He's got so, a lot of fans, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. And one of the scenes, and I I wanted to ask you about this is uh, that scene, the bathtub scene, the famous bathtub scene, where your entrance. So you come in as Dennis. Yes. Okay. And Snake comes in too. Jonathan comes in as Snake.
1: Snake, Dennis, Mike Barnes. Dennis will take care of your training. Snake takes care of everything else. You're looking to be a bad boy in L.A. Snake's the boy to be bad with. Right, Snake? You know it.
0: And what's striking to me is, like, the two of you together, you know, you're this unified force, but he definitely has this sort of outwardly evil gleam in his eye, whereas your character, Dennis, is almost very, like, cool, very businesslike and imposing. And, you know, you're just observing and you're standing there. And I was wondering... Did you have any kind of idea of a background or uh, for this character or how he got wrapped up with Terry Silver? Kind of his perspective on how he got into this world.
1: We didn't have character names when we signed on to this thing. It was just Thug One, Thug Two, you know, that kind of thing. You know, basically they said, We need some names for you guys. What do you want to be called? And, you know, I was, felt like I was on the spot. So I was thinking, Dennis. Then Dennis the Men Dennis. You know, like I was thinking Dennis the Menace. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was just the first thing that came to my life. I didn't have time to, to change it. Okay, Dennis, yep, don't okay, care, you know? And you know, it wasn't that like I had a moment to go, wait, 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 let me let me change that. And then Jonathan was like, I'm gonna be snake, you know? Dude was thinking, man. <laughs> Kai, right? It it was like, Okay, man, that dude, you know, he, he should have been like a professional wrestler or something like that because You know, he knew how to you knew how to play that game, you know, like okay snake. And it was perfect. (laughs) But I was like the strong silent enforcer, you know, um that was you know, I, I I'm a quiet person by nature. I am an introvert who has learned how to become an extrovert through acting and through teaching. But left to my own devices, I would much rather be in the corner drinking my coffee, reading my comic book or whatever that's just part of my nature and so being new on the movie not really having any lines okay this is what you do so it was kind of like okay i'm just the strong silent enforcer type and that was that was fine by me you know i didn't have the pressure on me that sean did about carrying the loot was the villain so um that's just sort of like it was me my character happening happen happen to be cast as the same type of character you know I, i'm not i'm not going out you know picking on people or you know bullying people things like that but i definitely have that strong silent type demeanor that's
0: what people describe me as yeah you're kind of the strong
1: tall dark and, tall dark and silent
0: type. you know that's definitely me. right which is i mean perfect for the character of dennis because you know terry silver seems like he would appreciate as a character uh, someone who can remain very sort of calm and controlled and uh, do exactly what he says. Obviously, your character is working for Terry Silver, played by Thomas Ian Griffith. Fans, you know, of this channel, people who follow this channel are fans of Karate Kid 3 and Terry Silver. And what what was your experience working with uh, Thomas Ian Griffith?
1: He's very professional. He's always on time. He always knows his lines. He does his homework. You know, He's a legitimate actor. Really, he comes from the a background, you know, did, came from the stage in New York, I believe. His wife is an entertainment professional, also. You know, they write, they produce, and he is a legitimate Taekwondo black belt. I believe. Remember the first day I met him, you know, he'd come onto the set and he was like, "Hey, hi, um you know, are you are you part of the are you part of the cast?" You know, and we met, and we go along fine, you know. I'm not friends with him. I, I, you know, I haven't really kept in touch with him, and you know, I, I don't know what he's like in real life. To be honest with you, you know, we we, but it was, he he was always polite on set. Never, I never saw him be rude to anybody. Um, and again, I never got a chance to get close to uh, most of these people. I got you know, I got close to Sean after we finished. You know, I ran into him years later. I would keep running into him in various places. You know, yeah, Thomas was cool. I I liked watching him work because I learned a lot. I was I was new. I didn't have very much experience, and I appreciated the fact that he was a real martial artist because once he throws kicks and punches, you can tell he's a real martial artist. You can't help it. I'm I I'm so. I've been doing martial arts for forty eight years, so I can tell when somebody's trained. You know, I I can really and right away. You see him move and you're probably, this, this dude's, <laughs> you could just, you know. And right, so I respect him in that regard. The know, the hot tub scene was interesting because um, Thomas didn't want to play it. This is to my recollection, you know, he, she might give a different account of this. And of course his account would be the accurate one, but I'm based, based on my memory. <laughs> he didn't want to play it as maniacal and psychotic and over the top as it showed up in the film. John wanted him to play it that way. And I remember him kind of not arguing with John, but questioning, John, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, watch it. Play it over the top, man. Just you know, it, it just just eat up the scenery. Be be in you know, an over the top villain. You know. And she wanted to find somewhere to ground it. You know, in in, in in some sort of reality, rather than be the mustache twirling villain who's trying to find it as as legitimate actors will do. You know, you're even you know, you're playing a villain but you're trying to the villains don't think of themselves as villains. You know, they just they just right. do what they do. And he was trying to find that. He was trying to ground him. And John was like, No, 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 just do it this way. And to his credit, he did. And here's the interesting thing, that... You know, Karate Kid three not 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 the not the most favorite Karate Kid movie <laughs> to most people. You know, the first one is my favorite. That's a classic. A lot of people have made fun of it for good reason, and have you know you look at Terry Silver the character and like so, that would be like Elon Musk coming out and going and you know what? I think I'm going to go open up a bunch of karate schools and I'm going to pick on this old man and this kid and, <laughs> you know, fooling them and, and do all this illegal stuff and expose myself legally and otherwise, right? And so you're just, this is so ridiculous. why Why would this ever happen? Now that Cobra Kai season four has come out and, you know, I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but letting people know that, you know, yeah, Terry Soper is back. So... Right. Cobra Kai makes Karate Kid 3 a better movie because it fills in the spaces and it... it acknowledges the holes and it winks at it and it gives explanation to it. Just don't try to lure him into opening his own Bonsai tree store. You know how that goes. No, 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 no. It's kind of meta in that way, you know, and, and then people kind of go, okay, you're in on the joke and you were in on the joke. So let's enjoy it you know it's it's very much like um clone wars and revenge of the sith the last four ep- the last season of clone wars F- season seven particularly the last four episodes that all bark with Anakin and the sopitano which at some point is happening concurrently while the events of revenge of the sith are happening make revenge of the sith a better movie because it, it gives you both the oh that's what's going on oh so I think Cobra Kai has done the same thing for the Karate Kid movies,
0: particularly number two. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. And um, I think fans like me were so heartened by the fact that in the Cobra Kai series, they embraced it. They embraced Karate Kid 3 and all the lore of Karate Kid 3. And the fact that there's so much about the Cobra Kai style or school that we learned from the movie. Karate Kid 3, you know, with Terry Silver and, uh, you know, his relationship with John Kreese and everything. So anyone who's a huge fan of Cobra Kai, the series needs to see Karate Kid 3, uh, just just to understand everything. Now, of course, this is going to lead me to ask you a question. I don't know how much you can say, uh, but is there a possibility that we could see the character of Dennis appear in the Cobra Kai series?
1: Well, I always like to say anything can happen and the best thing is let's keep our ear to the ground and let's wait and see. We, okay. we shall see. If Dennis were to return, I would definitely, you know, whether he'd be really a super bad guy or really a guy that's not so bad, I would hope that the fans would get to see why. Why he is the way he is and why he does the way he does. But more than that, I want Dennis to be able to show some of um, Williams' martial arts, you know, that I've been studying and practicing for 48 years. So that's kind of my opportunity to be like, hey guys, I can really kick. I can still do it. I can still do everything I can that I can do a lot of things that I could do when I was 22. Not everything, but I've kept myself in shape. I, uh, train almost every day, continue to study, and I can still do this. So um I'm I don't need a stunt double in regards to the fights. But don't set me on fire, don't push me off the building or anything like that. Then you know, let's definitely get a stuck guy in there for that. But as far as the fights go, I can bring it.
0: So we'll see. The character wise, where would you like to see Dennis going if he were to come back in the Cobra Kai series as far as a character, do you want him to be meaner or would you like him to be not aligned with uh, the bad guys or do you have any... Or are you open to everything?
1: I am open to everything um, and I'm open to it going either way. <laughs> you know, it's... If Dennis turns out to be closer to my own persona of Willard Brewster before, you know, you've gotten a chance to meet we've had breakfast and... You know, people who met me and they only know about the Dennis of like, wow, he's kind of a nice guy. He's he's you know, I'm and very welcoming and I've been told by the fans I'm very kind and you know yeah I, I I I respect everybody. You know, I try to I try to be nice to everybody, and it would be interesting to see if I could bring that that interesting dimension to Dennis or. Yeah, and we could go completely the other way. And since you didn't really get to see him do so much in Karate Kid Three, what if this guy turns out to be as bad as Terry Silver? You know, how close right. is that relationship? I mean, I got the ponytail now, right? So,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, Terry could be your sensei. I I wanted to ask you too uh, for Karate Kid Three. Are you aware of any uh, deleted scenes or deleted moments that were basically things that were shot but were cut out of the movie that that maybe we don't even know about?
1: There is that one scene that I told you about. I sent you the picture, mm-hmm. right? And it, yes. it kind of blows people's minds when they see that picture. But um, in the bonsai shop, there's a scene where we come in and we're wrecking havoc and then Miyagi comes through the doors. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh. for the tournament!
1: Oh. Mike, come on, let's get out of here. Oh. Come on, ah. Man. Ah. Come on, come on man. Ah. And you see Mike Barnes, like pointing him. He kind of has a little conversation with Mike, and then, but it's a really weird jump cut, right? And people have asked me that. It's like, is there something that like happened there? And yes, I actually attack. Miyagi as does snake and she I, I throw a right punch I believe and she he parries it like this he grabs my arm and he puts his other arm on my elbow and I go flying over it's a and they land on my back and he does something to snake as well I don't know why but for some reason that was cut out of the film now that was Pat Morita, not Fumio Demura, who did that particular fight. He actually did his own fighting on that one because it was such a simple move. I may
0: have oversold it. Now, te- now tell us what that means. So, you if you oversold something in a fight, what what does that mean?
1: It means like if somebody just kind of touches you like this, unless you're like you've got Jedi powers or you know you're doing like the Vulcan nerve pinch. But I, I I went you know and then I was like wow ah, right and. This is my speculation, but it may have just been like, yeah, just it wasn't believable, you know. Like maybe if they had shot it with Fumio Demura from another angle, you know, you would have seen the movement be more powerful, right? And then it would have made sense for me to oversell sell, sell that. But I'm thinking maybe I I might have done too much, and it just it it, it was like, you know, I, I I that's my thing, and maybe I'm just you know overthinking it. But maybe it just didn't work, you know. But for some reason, it didn't sell, you know. And I, I took that, you know, it was like, bam, I did, I did it a few times. And I remember Pat being concerned about me. He was like, can can we give this guy a mattress or something? And Pat Johnson was, <laughs> Pat Johnson steps in. He was a stunt career, you know. And that's the thing about old-time martial artists, right? He says, Pat, this kid is a, is a real martial artist. This kid's a black belt and he did. He's okay. <laughs> he's taking worse lumps in the, in the dojo, right? And I'm like, yes, sir, right? And uh-huh. that's you know, that we just did the whole. You know, we were like, you know, back in the day, man, you just took it right and just you know, you, it's not always the smartest thing as a stunt person, right? Because it's like, well, you got to keep able to keep doing this. You can't just tough it out. So safety is really important. But I was like, I oh, just yeah, do whatever, man. You know what? This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do whatever, and I'll take. I'll just take you know, take the fall, you know, and it's like, of course, I'm not going to say I can't do it, <laughs> you know, and that Johnson knew at that point, I think he he like, look, I just need, I just need somebody who's going to do it, who's not going to, you know, just, you know, I could do it, and I, he knew that he, he, he knew of my martial arts background and that I was old school, and so there were certain things that he, he knew that I would keep accountable with me, and that wasn't one of the times I was going to start complaining about, well, you know, thing. Okay. You know, just, just just do it, and then we're done with it. And they did make it to the film, and I was just like, "Oh man, So it it wouldn't have been worth it. Um, and, and again, it goes back to, I know that the producers, the big three, they have access to the archives, and I would love to see that original footage. So we'll see what happens, but that's that's my wish to the universe: is let's let's, let's see that.
0: Oh, I think we'd all love to see that as well. And yeah. uh, you know, obviously you bring up Pat Marita. What were your memories working with Pat Marita?
1: Well, um, she was funny. You, you know, he you know, Pat had his demons, which I did not know about at that time, you know. It it, it you know, it's kind of more wisely known now, you know. Um uh, my friend Kevin Derrick did a documentary on him called Mother Miyagi, where, you know, a lot of people were interviewed and you know some of his demons came to light. But when I was working with him on set he always treated me nicely um i do have a funny story you know how he had a hard life you know he was interned at the internment camp. he had a something that almost crippled him you know so he's just he was an amazing so many ways and of course you would have you know a dark side you know you know oftentimes comedians do he started off as a stand-up media, right? And so much of the comedy comes from that deep pain that they have to endure. I brought my mom to the set one time. My mom's from Japan. Japanese is her first language. Pat was not fluent in Japanese, but he knew enough broken Japanese to kind of be able to communicate with mom. So I introduced him to my mom. So I to her a little bit. And then he says to her in Japanese, he, he points at me and he says, Which means he's still young up here. He's got a young mind. Like, you know what I mean? And not kind of like Mm -hmm. in a good way. Kind of like, yeah, he's still immature. (laughs) And I understood that. And I for a minute, I was like, (laughs) I I just got thrown into the bus by Pat Morita to my mom. You know? I was like, oh my God, you know, this is embarrassing, right? I don't he was going to say, oh, he's doing such a great job. And, you know, yeah, he's great, you know, but he kind of takes a minute and he takes that you know, what I mean? and I'm just like, what? You know, I'm like, oh my God. But then he says, but he's a good boy, you know, and then that made me feel better, you know. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm green, you know, uh, you know, as a newbie, you got to, you got to take your lumps. That's just part of the thing, you know, the, uh, People who've been in the club, who run the club, they, they want to bust your chops sometimes. And, you know, can you take it or not? Because you know, if you can't take it, you're never going to last in the club. And it wasn't anything really, really super mean, obviously. But it was, was like, oh, you should say that to my mom. You know, because my mom gives me this look like, really? Have you been, you know, like, you know, oh, what <laughs> have you been doing? Are you noticing, you know? And it's like, <laughs> you know, my mom being a mom, right? And she's like, trying to lecture me on my behavior, how to act on set, you know, and I'm just like, oh, man, you know, but uh, he was uh, a, a funny guy, you know, he, 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 sometimes he would do things and it would make people laugh, and uh, uh, I'm very, very honored that I got a
0: chance to walk, you know, he was the soul of the Karate Kid franchise, you know, without Pat Morita, we wouldn't be having this scum's. Another scene I want to bring up. Uh, I made a video about Sean Kana's character, Mike Barnes, and I made the point that in that scene, the Mr. Miyagi's little trees. You know, when you go in with Snake and Mike to threaten Daniel and Jessica, Dennis is the character who escalates things physically. Get out of you. hey Dennis! Of you didn't sign it yet. Dennis is the one. Who basically gives the signal to everyone else to get physical and get violent. And you have that scene with Ralph Macchio right there, where you actually have a physical altercation with Daniel LaRusso. Be
1: there, right? Look, uh, you wait Just yeah. take off, right? You head on, on. On. out! Put us out.
0: No. Ah, ah, come on. I was wondering if you could talk about your experience working with with Ralph Macchio, and that scene is a big showcase for Dennis.
1: You know that scene was kind of like what I was hired to do, right? I was I was hired to be one of the thugs. So we're rehearsing the scene in the bonsai shop, and the the action is mapped out. And Ralph turns to John Alveson, the director, and says, "John, can you give him a give Dennis off because I need something to play on." It. I was already, you know, I was already in the union you know, by being hired on the show. You know, it wasn't like I I was. Not I was. But he gives me a line. And so John says, Okay, then... um, You know, after Ralph says, Why don't you guys take off? You push him and say, You take off. And... Okay. And I did it. And that was the origin of that line. You take off. And I... And and push him back. Then he... Makes short work of me and throws me to the screens. And so... I'm very, very indebted to Mr. Machio for doing that. That was very generous. And I thanked him, but I didn't get the chance to properly thank him until a couple of years ago, I was a guest on, um it was a fundraiser done. And it was sort of a, it was called Reunited Apart. And it was big, like virtual reunion and I got a chance to be on, it and I was asked to be on it as well. And I got to talk, and that's when I told this story, and I was able to public, publicly, properly thank Mr. Ralph Machill. just let him know how much I, I I still appreciate him for what he did for me. And I could tell that he was because they when I said that they cut to the him and just, you know. And I was just happy that I was able to, to do it properly. That's my my story. He's always going to have a very special place in my life. That's a, just helping out the new guy, you know, we've had no lines, but he, he gave me a line and
0: made my character just a little bit more. That's great. Well, William, um, we've had such a great conversation uh, talking about so many different things. And you have so many projects, so many things coming up. Uh, what is the best way for people to follow you? Um, Social media, do you have preferred social media that you use? Well, my preferred social media is Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but I'm trying to, you
1: know, I like Instagram much better because I like looking at pretty pictures and things like that. And it's, you know, there's, it's just, (laughs) I I like the setup better. It's just, it's just more appealing to me, but you can find me at um, either real, really, Real William Christopher Ford or just William Christopher Ford? I, I I use two different accounts, but both of them are me. And that's the best way to follow me. Uh, email is kaidendongjelfs at gmail at gmail.com. And you you can put it description. But um, yeah, you know, reach out and I, I I'd love to talk to people. And, uh, I always appreciate when they reach out and they they actually remember the character of Dennis. You know, so hashtag Dennis lives. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate, it. you know, it's kind of a surprise. to me. It's like after all these years, I would, people first start reaching out to me when Kobukai season one came out. Right. I had you reaching out to me. It's, okay. You know why? And they're like, yes, of course. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's very, uh, humbling very,
0: very grateful. I assume people are going to keep recognizing you more because Cobra Kai is now delving into the Terry Silver lore, which means at some point more people are going to run into Dennis. He's out there somewhere. He's he's You're right. He's, he's gotta be out there somewhere. So, uh, so hopefully we get to see him again in the future. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap up?
1: No, I just want to thank you for having me on your show. Uh, Wonderful meeting you. We, uh, we had a wonderful breakfast with Peter who has, uh, he's done a a great, it's great amount for the karate kid you versus the Cobra Kai universe and uh, I got a chance to finally meet him in person and you and well, that was a really wonderful surprise and as a result of that breakfast meeting here we are so thank you and you know thank you to, a big thank you to
0: all your viewers to everybody support so I really appreciate it well thank you and I appreciate you coming on and uh, that was and thank you to Peter from Cobra Kai Companion podcast as well uh for introducing us that was a fun breakfast i haven't seen it yet but i know that there is a fun picture of us uh emulating the poster of the breakfast club movie oh i'll have to send that to you <laughs> I definitely I, I haven't seen it i would love to see it so sensei william christopher ford it is an honor to have you here thank you so much for for this wonderful discussion oh, the honor is mine thank you so much i look forward to doing it again thank you I'd love to have you back Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Go ahead and hit subscribe and like, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Want to be part of the live KenCast show? Subscribe to the Ken Cole YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to get alerts about every new show. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time on KenCast.